Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to The Jar. My name is Chris, and we're so glad that you chose to hang out with us. Uh, if you have your cards, just go ahead and pass them to the aisles. Our uh, greeters will get those for you. Uh, in your program, there was a little card uh, that looked like this. It says Harvest Party. Uh, for those of you that are on the stream, uh, you can just go ahead and look at it right now. Um, but on Saturday, we are going to have a Harvest Party. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, and you're going to want to be here. Now, that card that I just talked about is not for you to keep for yourself, but it's to invite someone else. We assume you're going to come. And uh, we're going to have tons of fun. Uh, we're going to have a costume contest. There's going to be s'mores. Uh, there's going to be a chili cook-off, so you could actually win a prize with your chili and uh, a lot of good games. And so we want to encourage you to invite someone and to come and to be a part of this. Now, uh, again, it's going to be a pate, okay? So you'll want to come, invite other people, and this is what we're asking you to bring. Bring a lawn chair, because it'll be at 5 o'clock at the Ministry Center on Saturday, and you need to bring a lawn chair. And uh, then also, if you can bring some chili, or if you're not a chili person, if you could bring a dessert, that'd be great. So, we are going to do this, correct? Yes, okay. That We'll see how pate you actually become. Now, uh, the second thing is, when you walked in today, each one of you should have received some 3D glasses. So if you did not get these, don't feel overwhelmed and be like, oh, but there is an illustration that's coming at the end that you're going to need this. So if you need one, just raise your hand. Uh, don't be bashful. Raise your hand. We'll get those to you. Uh, we ordered over 300, so please raise your hand if you don't have one uh, so that you get that. And for those of you on the stream, uh, we'll make this illustration work. Now, last week, uh, we actually started a brand new series called Just Take a Walk. Uh, take a walk. And uh, the whole point was challenging uh, each one of us to take walks across rooms, across factory floors, to reach out to friends, family, coworkers, neighbors who may uh, be disconnected from Christ or the church. And so this week, as I was thinking about taking walks myself, I was just like preoccupied with people. Now, I wasn't like stalking people, okay? Uh, I wasn't doing anything kind of weird that way. But I found myself asking God regularly, God, if there's anyone that you want to place in my path today, um, that I will walk towards them. If you tell me to walk, God, no matter what it is, I will choose to walk, to build a relationship with them. Just let me know, God, I'm in. And let me just give you an example of uh, what a prompting I felt happened with me this week as I listened to God and then I took the risk to actually take a walk. We were at my uh, oldest daughter Jordan's high school soccer game. And uh, there's a new girl that's on the team who just recently uh, moved to the area. Her name's Sophie. And uh, when she was uh, on the field, uh, I noticed that there were some people uh, from the uh, right of us who were cheering her on. They were like, go Sophie, go Sophie. And uh, so, you know, I was like, hey, I want to do that too. And so I started cheering for her. And uh, the, the thing is, is she's new to the community. She hasn't really played soccer, but she has improved uh, a ton, and she always plays hard. 
And so as uh, I'm listening to this family cheer, I started thinking to myself, I've cheered for my daughter, Jordan, long enough. Uh, It is time to cheer for somebody else. And they moved her on defense, so she wasn't getting a lot of action anyways. And so I started cheering for Sophie. And uh, if you know anything about me, I'm kind of loud sometimes. And so I'm cheering louder and louder and louder. And uh, she got a couple shots on goal. And we were so excited. And uh, we won eight to nothing. And uh, at the end, they actually went ahead and they walked across to the uh, other side. They stretched and they were doing everything. And I felt this prompting from God, go introduce yourself to that group of people that were cheering for Sophie. So it was only about a 10-foot walk, but I looked at my wife, Jennifer, and I said, we're going to take a walk. And we walked these 10 feet uh, down to where this family was at. And uh, I walked up to the first lady, and I go, oh, are you Sophie's mom? And she goes, no. And I was like, ah, like, well, what's going on? I've already screwed this thing up. And she's like, oh, oh, but her parents are right here. And so I introduced myself to the dad and he's, his name's Sam and Jen introduced to the mom and her name is Audrey. And, uh, we connected back and forth and, uh, pretty soon they said, yeah, we're new to the community. He had been in the military, uh, for his entire career and uh, for 20 years, they'd been moving around, and he finally retired. They're both school teachers now here in town, and um, they decided that they were going to make uh, this their home. He had gone to Ball State when he was a student, and he said, hey, uh, we've decided that we're going to make this our place. And uh, we shared how much that we enjoyed watching uh, Sophie played, and they shared about how much they enjoyed watching Jordan play. And then he kind of opened himself up. And he said, you know, it's been really, really difficult for our kids to actually have to be at new schools uh, every single year or almost every year. And we traveled around uh, regularly uh, to different places and it was hard for them to make friends. And so we are just so excited that we actually are going to live in a community. I'm going to see them uh, do all their high school stuff and uh, we're going to uh, enjoy this high school experience together. And so Jen went ahead and she talked a little bit more uh, to the wife and we kind of were wrapping up our conversation. And uh, then Sam said this, he said, you know what, thank you so much for walking down here and talking to us. We don't know very many of the parents at all. We have very few friends that are in this community because we're new and you'll never know how much it meant for you to walk down here and to introduce yourself. And I'm telling you folks, it was only 10 steps. It was only 10 steps. And who knows what God might do with that. Now, I want you to know, there was no conversion. There was no like, Jesus, oh my gosh. There was no even me going, uh, hey, I'm the pastor of the jar, and I wondered if you'd come to the jar. All there was was a conversation. But with this conversation, who knows what God would do with that? And again, folks, I'm telling you, it was only 10 steps to take the walk. Now, this is what I want you to know today. I'm not an expert when it comes to reaching people for Christ. I'm learning just like you're learning in the midst of this. And I get scared. 
I get nervous. I say stupid things, kind of like I did with the first woman and said, oh, you're her mom. And they're like, no, but people will give you grace. And this is what I'm committed to, that I'm going to open myself up that, God, if you want me to take a walk, I'll take a walk. I'm not going to force it. But if you want me to take a walk, I'll take a walk. And if I take a walk, God, I will do what you want me to do. When God says walk, I'm going to choose to walk. Now, for the rest of our time, what I want to talk about is after you've taken the risk to take the walk. What do you do after you've already taken the walk? I mean, Once you've walked across the room or the factory floor or the neighborhood, or if you're a student across the hallway, what do you do next? What do I think about? What do I pray about? What is it that I actually would say? And so to answer those questions, what I want us to do is to look at something that I call 3D living. It's living in 3D, and we're going to look at three steps to doing this. Now, Uh, If you haven't yet, get your glasses out. Now, everybody knows that a movie is so much more effective when it's in 3D. It's more fun. It's cooler. It's it's enjoyable. And so what we're going to do here in just a moment is we're going to give you three images. The first one is going to be in 2D. And the second one will be in 3D. So some of you have your glasses on. You look cool, but take them off for just a moment, okay? Because we're going to look at the first image in 2D, and then we'll put our 3D glasses on. So here's the first image, uh, which is a flower, which is nice, which is uh, cool. Now, go ahead, put your glasses on real quick, okay? Now, look at it and see how it pops See how it looks more full? You got to see the whole angle and that kind of thing. All right. So go ahead, take your glasses off for a moment. And uh, for those of you who are on the stream, if you need glasses, too bad. You should have came to church today. Um, But if you want 3D glasses, you can have mine. All right. Now, let's look at this second image, uh, which is an image of the Grand Canyon, which is really cool. But let's go ahead, let's put our glasses on for a second. Now, again, see how it looks much more grander now. You can see the different angles and that kind of stuff, okay? So, let's take our glasses off real quick. And uh, I'm glad you people on the balcony, you're doing this too, okay? That's good. Uh, Now, take your glasses off for a second. We're going to look at the next image, uh, which, can you believe this? There is Caleb again with his Justin Timberlake. No, it's not Justin Timberlake. Who is it? Bieber. See, I'm, I'm testing you. That was called a test. Justin Bieber t-shirt. He loves Bieber. He's all about Bieber, okay? And I can't stand it so much. So this week, go ahead, put your glasses on. This is what I did. We took him out. We, we had to take Caleb out, and we took Justin out, okay? Uh, but it wasn't Justin Timberlake. It was Justin who? Bieber. Bieber. Right, right, right. Okay, so go ahead. Take your glasses off. Uh, and this is what I just want to say, that we love looking at things in 3D because you can see different angles. You can see something that's cooler. You can see something that's more. And we want to be the type of church 
that helps you to live a life in 3D so that you can see things from every angle. You can live an abundant life. You can have the whole experience and the first D of 3D living that you need to be a part of is to develop friendships. That you develop friendships. This is your first kind of fill in the blank. How do you live a 3D life? You develop friendships. Now, if you want to reflect God's heart in all that you do and to have eyes that are open for him, you've got to be able to have a heart that is constantly and continuously on search mode. That you're looking around, looking, who is a person that's across the room or somewhere else that I could invest in? A habit needs to be formed in your life that you're always looking on the horizon to see, is there a new friendship that could be formed? Now, some of you right now are asking, Chris, why should I do that? Because I don't have enough time and I got enough friends. I don't need more friends. I've had enough. Now, if you're thinking that, the problem is, is that you won't live the fullest 3D life because the type of lifestyle that Jesus modeled was one who was constantly developing friendships. And he said that the healthiest way to live is for you to walk across rooms, factory floors, offices, neighborhoods to engage with people who do not know me. In fact, one of the greatest stories that was ever told of Jesus taking a walk that looked like this is found in Luke 19. And it's a story of a guy by the name of Zacchaeus who was a crooked tax collector. He was a uh, IRS agent who was crooked. And the story goes like this. It says this, Jesus was going through Jericho where a man named Zacchaeus lived. He was in charge of collecting taxes and was very rich. Now, in just these few words, these couple of sentences, what we do, uh, what we find out is we learn a lot about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a person who understood money. He knew how to collect money. He knew how to spend money. And he was good with saving money. He was kind of like, money, 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 money. And that's who Zacchaeus was. He just kind of walked around all the time thinking about money. And no Jew liked Zacchaeus because Zacchaeus had sold himself out to the Roman government who was oppressing the Jews. And they needed some Jews to collect taxes. And Zacchaeus was one of those. And he would overcharge and he would collect money and he'd put money in his pocket. And he had no friends because he cheated people. Then the story goes on. Jesus was heading his way and Zacchaeus wanted to see what he was like. But Zacchaeus was a short man and could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree. Now... In the ancient world, if you were a rich person like Zacchaeus, you did not run. And do you know why you didn't run? Because you had a robe. And it's kind of hard to run in a robe. And so you walk dignified like I'm a person who has a robe. Some of you want a robe right now, don't you? So you could be dignified. And so he would walk around like that. And you would never see a person of his wealth running. 
No one would run like that. And yet, Zacchaeus runs, and then he actually does something more. He climbs a tree. Think about that. You're in a robe, and you're climbing a tree. Not the nicest look, okay? And there was something that was void in his life that when he saw Jesus, he couldn't get close to him. But he's like, I want to know that guy. I want to recognize him. I want to see him. And so he runs, and he climbs up this tree. And then the story continues on. It says, when Jesus got there, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. I want to stay with you today. In other words, Jesus was like, hey, I want to hang out with you. I want to develop a friendship with you. I want to take the first step of 3D living. He goes on. Zacchaeus hurried down and gladly welcomed Jesus. Everyone who saw this started grumbling, grumbling. This man, Zacchaeus, is a sinner, and Jesus is going home to eat with him. Later that day, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, I will give half of my property to the poor, and I will now pay back how many times? Four times as much to everyone I have ever cheated. Folks, Zacchaeus cheated almost everybody. And when he cheated them, he cheated them so badly that they, that for many of them, they could barely make it for the next week before tax day was taken. And so he feels guilty and he recognizes Jesus. And he says, you know what I'm going to do? He says, I will pay back four times the amount. And at that point, there must have been a shock because they were grumbling. But now all of a sudden they're like stunned, like what is going on? And then the story concludes. Then Jesus said to Zacchaeus, today you and your family have been saved because you are a true son of Abraham. There's all of these religious Jewish people that are like, I'm the true son of Abraham. And now Jesus turns to the one who is the least of these, the crooked tax collector. And he says, you're a son of Abraham. That meant that Abraham, who was the first father of Israel, you are close to God. You are so close to God. You are that kind of son. And then Jesus said, the son of man came to look for and to save people who were lost. Jesus is just on a walk. And as he's walking, he looks up and he notices that there's this guy in a tree, which is kind of weird anyways. And he looks and he's like, oh, and he's got a robe and it looks kind of, you know, weirdo that way. And you kind of wonder, like, how is Jesus going to respond to this? What is he going to do? Is he going to laugh at him and go, dude, what are you doing up in a tree? Or is he going to look at him and go, what are you thinking? Like, you got short man disease or something? Like, what's going on? You can't handle it? And that's not what he does at all. Jesus actually develops a friendship. You see, that's the thing that I love about Jesus, is that he notices when people are in trees. He notices when people are disconnected. He notices when they're rejected. He notices when they're excluded. He knows when they're marginalized. He knows when no one else is talking to them and they're trying to find something. He notices who they are. And that's the gift of who Jesus is. He made friends with people that no one else noticed. 
regularly. What you would find throughout Scripture is that Jesus would leave his comfort zone, and he would go into the zone of the unknown. He would leave his disciples and all the people who were close to him, and he'd go to people that other people had overlooked. And folks, just as Jesus developed this relationship with Zacchaeus, he began to then see his life change. And in the same way, God is calling each one of you to develop friendships with people that you don't know. Because as you do that, and as you pray, and as you stay connected to God, you will see life change. Because once you're willing to view every single person that you know as a first step in developing and honoring a friendship, what will happen is God will open up doors and he will allow you to come in and to begin to learn their story. And that kind of leads us to our second D of living in 3D. We actually develop friendships and secondly, we discover stories. We develop friendships and then we discover stories. You know, as Jesus walked and he got to see this guy in a tree, then all of a sudden he discovered his story. And he learned that he was a crooked tax collector who had cheated these people. But Jesus wasn't judgmental. He didn't put him down. He accepted him exactly where he was at. And when the rest of the crowd started kind of grumbling and going, look, he's eating with the sinner. He's cozying up to a crooked tax collector. This is what Jesus did. He ignored the crowd and he loved the person. He ignored the crowd. He put the friendship above the crowd. You know, Jesus had this ability to have a high level of acceptance for everyone that he met. And the story ends in such a powerful way because of this accepting spirit that the story ends with this powerful change in which Zacchaeus takes half of his wealth and he gives it to the poor. And then he goes ahead and he gives four times as much to anyone who he had cheated. Now, every friendship that you choose to walk across the room and develop will not necessarily have this kind of transformation. In fact, the truth is, for many of us, we may not see that kind of dramatic transformation. And that's why Jesus says these these words. He says, you must be as wise, cautious as snakes and as gentle as doves. Jesus is clear that when you're building a relationship with someone who you don't know, that you need to be wise and you need to be gentle. When there's a person who's disconnected from Christ or the church, you need to be wise and gentle. In fact, when people are getting to know each other, the best thing you can do is try to get to know them and know what the two of you have in common so that you can build bridges rather than simply having more walls. Several years ago, there was a woman by the name of Andrea who started coming to uh, the jar. She had lived in North Carolina, had moved back, had family here. Uh, She started teaching at a school, just a wonderful uh, Christian woman. And before long, she started dating a guy uh, by the name of Tristan. Tristan's a great guy, but at that point in his life, uh, God really wasn't necessarily on the radar so much, and church wasn't there, and just wasn't so sure. And eventually, they started dating more and more and more, and they came to me, and they asked me, could I officiate at their wedding? 
And I said, well, uh, usually what I do is I have a few premarital counseling classes. We do that first, and then uh, after that, there's a process. And they said, hey, we'll, we'll take the class. And the first time I ever sat down with them, which I do this with every couple, I want them to understand that there is a difference between Christian marriage and secular marriage. And so I drew this triangle with God at the top, and then Andrea and Tristan underneath it, and they're all connected together. And I shared with them that I said the the healthiest marriage you can have is one in which you see God at the top, and the two of you are connected to God and to one another. And as we were talking this time, Tristan was very honest, which I appreciated, and he said, well, you know, I'm not so sure about the God thing. I think I'm kind of agnostic. I'm not saying that there isn't a God. I just don't know because of some of the stuff that's happened in my life. Now, sometimes when two people come together and one person just does not want anything to do with God at all, and the other one does, sometimes what I'll do is I'll say, hey, I need to pray about this. I'm not sure I'm going to be the person uh, to officiate at your wedding. And so I took some time and I prayed about it. And then I felt this prompting that said, I want you to officiate at the wedding for Tristan and Andrea. And then after that, I want you to develop a friendship with him. So I waited until after the honeymoon was over in a couple of weeks where they got adjusted as husband and wife. And I picked up the phone and I called Tristan. I said, hey, would you be willing to go to breakfast? And he said, yeah, I love breakfast. And so uh, we went ahead and uh, we got together for breakfast. And my only goal in that first time was to figure out where are the areas that we actually have things in common. And we learned that we both like to read, that uh, we both uh, enjoyed uh, bicycling and working out and that kind of stuff. And so uh, we talked about that more and more. And the one thing that we learned that we loved was IHOP. We, we really wanted IHOP breakfast. And so we went ahead and uh, we just kept doing this over and over again. And the more that we went to breakfast, the more I got to learn and discover his story. And he shared and opened up a little bit about his parents going through a divorce and how that had impacted, impacted his life. And then he went on to talk about how um, just a few years from the point that we first started connecting, that his mom had died and that he had dealt with a lot of grief in the midst of that and Uh, He was really struggling uh, with that whole process. And over time, uh, I just developed this friendship and I discovered his story. Now, had I been pushy or aggressive and been like, you need to get to church because you know your wife goes to church and you need to do that. I have a feeling that he would have bolted. But as we continue to have our breakfast time together and get to know each other more, Tristan opened up and then I could take more risk within this relationship to help him actually get closer to God. And this kind of leads us to our third step in living in 3D, and it's this, discerning next steps. Discerning next steps. After you develop the relationship and you discover the story, you have to say, God, now what's the next step to help them grow closer? And that's what the word discern simply means. What are the next steps? I mean, once you've risked walking across the room and you've developed the friendship, you've discovered the story, the next thing you do is you listen to the whispers of God. What's the next step I could do to actually help them grow closer to you? Now, 
with Tristan, uh, what I learned was church was not really going to be that thing. But he was a reader, and he was open to things of God, and so I thought about it, and there was a resource that came to mind, and after several months of going to breakfast, I said, hey, would you be willing to read a book with me? It's called The Case for Faith. And he said, yeah, absolutely, I, I'd be willing to read that. And the book kind of deals with when uh, you know, bad things happen to good people, evil, suffering, does God and science make sense? Um, evolution, creationism, all that stuff. And the more that we read that over and over again, the more that some of his questions became answered and he actually grew closer and closer to God. And he learned finally that there was this God who loved him and that cared for him. And uh, as all of this was going on, uh, they had their first child, Bennett, and I went to the hospital and uh, was there with them when uh, Andrea gave birth, and uh, we prayed, and we dedicated the child, and there was this huge kind of impact that took place in his life. And today, Tristan actually believes in God. He has made a commitment to Christ. And he and his family are here almost every single Sunday. And uh, just last year, he dedicated their two sons, um, Bennett and Calvin, to God. And Tristan uh, wants to serve. He has a servant heart, so he helps with the setup team. And he and I now are talking about what does baptism look like? What's that next step? Now, for Tristan, after we had developed this friendship, discovered this story, and discerned next steps, for me, the next step was to invite him to breakfast and to have him read this book. Now, for some of you, as you take these steps, that may not be your path. Yours might be to invite them to dinner or to invite them to a concert at Ruoff or to uh, a sporting event or maybe to a movie. For others of you, maybe the next step is to say, hey, there's this Bible app called YouVersion. It's got these reading plans in it. You can do it like five days in a row. That's it. Would you be willing to read that with me? And we could talk about But I don't know what the next step is when you get to that point. But this is what you need to know, folks, is that when you take that next step, it actually can have eternal implications. It can change someone's eternity, and that's what happened with Tristan. Now, earlier today, you wrote down three names. Maybe some of you are like, ah, I'm not going to do that. And I'm telling you, you should, because it can have eternal implications. And those three people, whoever they are, they matter to God. They matter so much that he wants you to take a walk. And when you take that walk, imagine the possibility that would happen as you build a friendship with them, as you had the opportunity to develop that friendship in 3D living. What would happen if you discovered their story and you understood them more? Imagine the possibility of what would happen if you discern next steps and you help them take a step closer to God. I believe that if you and I were to do that, we would see hundreds of people That would take steps closer to God because everyone in this auditorium and everyone on the stream said, I'm going to live in 3D. I'm not doing 2D anymore. I'm doing 3D and I'm going to do that. And this is the truth, folks. God is counting on you. 
God is counting on every single person in the balcony and everyone here on the main floor to take these steps. And when it happens, we will see an outpouring of what he could do in people's lives by simply taking a walk. Let's pray. Well, loving God, thank you so much for each person who is here today and on the stream. God, continue to bless their lives and continue to challenge them to take risks, to take steps, to get closer to you. And as they get closer to you, God, I pray that they would then take walks to actually develop friendships and discover stories and discern next steps. And today, if, if you're on the stream and you're watching this or you're in the auditorium and you're like, I want to do that, but I don't have the courage to. I, I need some help from God to give me some boldness to take some walks. I'm going to invite you right now to just do a bold thing. And that is, uh, no one's looking around, but just to raise your hand and say, God, I want to take more walks but I need your help. God, I want to discover stories. I want to uh, develop friendships. I want to discern next steps. I want to help people maybe have their eternity changed. If that's you, just raise your hand and let me pray for you. God, I pray right now that you would use our church, use every person with a raised hand to take walks this week. For each person on this stream, Uh, can just type in, I'm ready to take a walk. And as you do, God, I pray that you would help them to have the courage to develop friendships. Give them a heart to serve with boldness so that they could learn just how much that you love them. God, we live in a world in which people are longing to hear from someone about a God who loves them and cares for them. And we could be that. And God, as we're the hands and feet of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would grow your church in a great way, that hundreds of people would get to know you, that their eternity would be changed because you chose to do this. And I pray this, that you would do this for your honor and for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can put your hand down. Now, maybe there are some of you either on the stream or you're here today, and the reality is there's a void in your life. You're like Zacchaeus. You've seen Jesus. You want to know him more, but you're kind of running away. You're kind of climbing up in a tree. You're not so sure. And Jesus is saying to you today, hey, I want to come to your house. I want you to receive the gift of my forgiveness, my love, my grace, and you can receive that today. And if you're at a point where you're like, I need his love, I need his grace, I need his hope then I'm going to invite you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but it's one that we pray together in community together. And I invite you to simply, if you feel comfortable, to uh, close your eyes, to bow your head, and to repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.